The gospel we just heard proclaimed suggests I am to talk to you this morning about forgiveness. But I am admittedly compelled, I hope very much by the Holy Spirit, to speak to you about something else. This past week, as I am sure many of you heard or read in the news, the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland rolled out a new policy on issues of sexuality and gender identity. In short, this policy forbids gender diversity and expressions in diocesan schools and parishes, and very explicitly denies LGBTQ people as authentic expressions of God's creation. While this is hardly a new teaching in this religious tradition, the new policy is more explicit and has, in the words of the Plain Dealer headline, pushed our region into a growing debate among the nation's Catholics over LGBTQ issues. I want to acknowledge that I know this policy is painful for members of our own community, particularly those who have children in parochial schools, and we do have many. It's also disheartening for all of us who care about Christian witness in the world. Our witness at St. Paul's and in the Episcopal Church proclaims the innate dignity and worth of LGBTQ plus people as created in God's image. And in these moments, it can feel like our witness is being drowned out by louder, higher profile voices. As people of faith, the tough question we might ask ourselves is this. Why does God allow these messages to be proclaimed? Why does God permit voices that deny the very personhood of God's precious creation? Particularly when these messages have real, tragic consequences, including an increase in depression and self-harm among young people. Put another way, if God is in control of our lives and the events of human history, why does God, the God of love, allow people to speak oppressive messages in his name? I don't have a simple answer for you, but I suggest that our reading from Genesis has something to say in response to these questions. I invite you to listen again to the words that Joseph spoke to his brothers in this morning's passage. Even though you, my brothers, intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. With these words, Joseph declares that God has taken the evil actions of his brothers and used them to achieve God's purposes. Now, to better understand how God has done that, we need to know more about what Joseph's brothers did. We need to know more about Joseph's story, because this morning's passage comes at the end of a long, colorful saga. You may remember, either from the Bible or Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical, that Joseph was one of the twelve sons of Jacob, the great patriarch of Israel. And many years earlier, Joseph's brothers, in an act of jealousy and hatred, had sold their brother into slavery. 
and he ended up in slavery in Egypt. But God rescued Joseph from slavery and made him a prominent official in the Pharaoh's administration. And Joseph used his newfound power to rescue the people of Israel by feeding them during a great famine. And now, all these years later, these 12 brothers have been reunited. And in a highly emotional, dramatic moment, they have been reconciled to each other. And in today's passage, Joseph weeps over the sin of his brothers. But he offers them forgiveness and even promises to care for them and their families. In the end, their flagrant disregard for their brother's life did not have the final word. Their hateful intention for Joseph's life could not prevent God from using Joseph to preserve a great nation. Even though they intended to do harm to him, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people. Joseph's words point to a concept in theology known as providence. Providence is the belief that God has a grand plan for the world and for each one of our lives. Providence declares that by God's power and sovereignty, God is actively at work in human affairs each and every day. Providence is the belief that God orders all things and that the events of human history somehow fit together to accomplish his glorious purpose. What makes this complicated, of course, is we still have to account for the harmful and evil events of our world. If God is a loving God and God is in control, we naturally wonder why these things need to happen at all. Now, if we had more time this morning, this is the point where I'd turn to topics such as sin and free will. But suffice it to say, this tension that I have described is not easy to resolve. God's ways are simply beyond our understanding. But Joseph's statement, even though you intended to harm me, God intended it for good, suggests that God can and does take the evil perpetuated by sinful humans to achieve good. Scripture's message to us this morning, quite simply, is that God can always, in the end, wrestle good from bad. And in that, in God's unfailing providence, we can put our hope. So back to this policy that has Cleveland in the headlines. It would be easy for us to turn this into quarreling between Christians of different denominations. And to be clear, that is not at all what I want to do or intend to do. As St. Paul reminds us today in the passage that we heard from Romans, we are not to judge. The judgment, in fact, rests in the hands of God. But I was grateful for the words of our bishop, Anne Jolly, this week, 
who reminded us that she would much rather speak for something and who we are than against someone else, which I think is an invitation for us in this moment to love larger and to love louder and to proclaim and preach with voices all the more resounding our gospel message of inclusive love, unconditional love, and all-embracing care for the goodness of all God's creation. Our bishop went on to lament that it is heartbreaking and indeed breaks the heart of God when any of his children feel marginalized in the church. And that is something that should weigh heavy with us. But we should also remember that our God is the God of resurrection. And it is in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that we see most clearly, most profoundly, that God can indeed transform the evil, death-dealing ways of this world to bring life. To bring life and resurrection hope. Amen.